And tonight, I'm, we're going to talk about something that's very important, and I think, in our Christian walk. I don't think, I know, in our Christian walk. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to 1 Peter 5.8, and we'll uh, get back to that in just a minute. But right now, I wanted to just get to that point of 1 Peter 5.8 and let you turn to that. But I'm going to ask this question from this. Do you ever struggle? Are there times in our life, in your life, in my life, that we have a tendency to struggle? I got a phone call this morning when I got to work. I closed my door. We talked. This person says, I just need to talk to you for a little bit. I'm struggling about some stuff. So we talked, and we talked a little bit more, and I shared Scripture with them. And we talked about Scripture, and then when I got off, I prayed with them and said to him at the very end, I said, remember this, stand strong, stand strong. It wasn't about 20 minutes later, I got another phone call. It was someone else. They said, can I talk to you a second? I said, sure. I just need to share, with, share something, and I need to get some advice. And so we talked a little bit longer and a little bit longer, shared scripture, prayed, and at the very end, I said to them, let me share something with you before you go for today. I want you to stand strong. And so it showed me that people throughout life, myself included, we struggle. We struggle with issues. We struggle with temptation. We struggle with sin. And so tonight, I want us to talk about, and when you leave here tonight, I hope you've learned from the Word of God, because I can't teach you, the Word of God can teach you. And I just pray that as we leave tonight, we're going to leave tonight a little stronger to be able to stand strong by seeing what the Bible says about the process that we need to go through as Christians when we struggle. Because everyone in this room, we struggle one time or another with different issues in our life. There's so many issues involved, we can't name all the issues. And so as we start talking about 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10, I want to start that off by talking about lions, as you see on the screen. Now, lions, I learned more about lions than I ever want to learn when I was studying about lions. But I wanted to talk about lions and how lions hunt. Lions are probably the most creative hunters that you have in Africa or wherever they are to hunt their prey. And I found out, because that's why they're called the king of the beasts, is because of their hunting skills. I found some things out. Lions... They have the experience to keep very patient because most of their preys are faster than they are. So what lions do is they have learned when they hunt, they stay hidden, and they hide, and they hide in the grass without, with little movement, very little movement. They wait a long time, and they wait a long time not to attack their prey, but for their prey to move closer to them. So lions are hiding in the grass with little movement, very patient. Sometimes this can be one hour to several hours that the lion is waiting patiently in the grass for the prey to come closer to them. And then as the prey gets closer to them, the lion attacks. That's what I found out about lions when they hunt. See, I thought lions just roar 
and they attack you and you die. I thought, I mean, I thought that's how, that's what happens with lions, but lions never roar when they're hunting, because what happens if they roar? Well, if they roar, they're going to scare all the animals away, but yet that's what I thought lions did, but they don't. They are waiting patiently to get their prey. I also found out that lions follow a different hunting pattern based on what animals they're hunting. And so lions have this strategy based on how strong the animal is they're trying to get, the size of the animal they're trying to get. Let's say that if it's a big animal like a zebra or a buffalo, what lions try to, what they do is they get more than just one lion and they all do the same thing. They wait patiently and then together as a group, they go and attack this prey. So it's based on their size, their aggressiveness. Lions also, if they're small animals, they'll just do what I said at the beginning. They'll hide in the grass, wait for that small animal to walk by, and then the next thing you know, that small animal is no more. And that's what the lions do. Lions' hunting strategy is very good. That's why they're the hunters. That's why people fear lions. That's why lions are the king of the beast. And so when we look in today's scripture, and I know you already know where we're going with this, the Bible says in 1 uh, Peter 5.8, and let's go ahead and read the scripture, 1 Peter 5.8, 5, 8 through 10. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks like, around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who calls us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Now the devil is like a roaring lion. Now remember, he is a, he's roaring, he's like a roaring lion. He's still hunting you, but He's like a, a roaring lion because the devil's mad. And we'll get to that in a little bit. And that's why he's roaring. He's angry. He's angry because he knows he's never going to win this battle. The devil knows he's never going to win this battle. So I want to, now that we know we're talking about the devil, I just want to go up to the top where we were talking about lions. I want you to listen to a sentence. And I'm going to read the same sentence. I'm going to read this sentence the way it says, but I want you to understand where, we, where we're going with this, because I want you all to leave here tonight stronger and more equipped than when you came in here tonight. And so what, I said, what did I say about lions? I said this, they are extremely patient when it comes to the hunt. Well, I'm here to say to you today, the devil is extremely patient when it comes to you. He is extremely patient. Lions, remember I said this, lions have the experience to keep patient because most of their prey have a better speed than they do. They're faster. Well, I have to say this, the devil has the experience to keep patience because most of us have a better God. The devil knows that we have a better God. And the devil knows if he just tried to attack you and you called out the name of Jesus Christ, then what he, what what the devil knows is God is going to come down and God is the protector and God is going to protect you because the devil knows 
we have a better God, and we do have a better God. We have the only God. We have the creator God. And so the devil has to learn to be very patient. But see, never forget this when you leave here tonight. The devil can be as patient as he wants, but you still have the better God if you have Jesus Christ in your heart. Never let the devil tell you or anybody else that you don't have the better God, because you do. And so the devil has to be patient. He's looking for the right time. He's sneaking around. He's hiding in the grass. He's hiding wherever he hides. And he's waiting for the exact time because he knows that you have a better God. He's waiting for you to let your guard down before he attacks. Then it says this. Lions, remember I said this, lions follow a different hunting pattern for different animals. It's basically this. Lions' hunting strategy is different according to the size, strength, and aggressiveness of the prey. I say this. The devil's hunting strategy is different according to the size, strength, and aggressiveness of your spiritual walk. So the devil, who's going around like a roaring lion because he's mad and he's hunting for you, And what he's doing is this, his strategy is different for everyone based on the spiritual walk of the person that he's trying to make fall. Just like what lions do. That's why they call him a lion. That's why he's a roaring lion. The fact is this, Jesus defeated the devil by coming out of the grave. Amen? When you give your heart to Jesus Christ... You belong to Jesus and not the devil. Amen? That's a fact. The fact is the devil doesn't like it, so he's trying to steal your joy. The devil knows that he cannot have your soul if you're a Christian. Because who has your soul? God Almighty. He saved our souls from sin. And the devil knows that he cannot have your soul. So what the devil's going to do is hunt and sneak around and try to find a way to cause you to struggle and tempt you in such a way that you fall through that temptation and you sin, and then what happens every time a Christian sins? Every time a Christian sins, what happens? You know what happens. We lose a little bit of our joy. And so if we sin, and we sin again, and we sin again, and we never repent of that sin to God, and never never go to God and say, God, I've broken fellowship with you with this sin, then what happens is we start to lose our joy, and after a while, we feel in, in our hearts, we feel like we're not even close to God anymore. And that's because the devil had come in there and tempted us, and we fell to sin, and yet all we need to do is repent to God. But what it is, is that we, we don't repent to God because we want to keep it hidden and we, we don't want anybody else to know about our sin. And so we just don't even say anything, and you, even though God already knows, right? But yet that's what it is. We just kind of keep it hidden. And then what happens is we start to lose our joy. And then we start to feel like we're not effective as a walk, walking as a Christian. So the devil doesn't like it, so he's trying to sell your, steal your joy. A fact is this, he does this by tempting you and causing you to sin. Okay, he tempts you. A fact is also this, he does this by trying to harden the hearts of unbelievers so they cannot come to Christ. So at the same time the devil's doing that to Christians, he's trying to harden the heart of unbelievers all around this world. And while he's trying to harden the heart of the unbelievers, 
He's also trying to attack the believers. So if the believers lose their joy, they won't be able to share the gospel with people that are unbelievers because they don't have joy. And when you don't have joy, how are you going to share Jesus Christ if you do not have joy? And this is his strategy. And that's his strategy because he's mad. He's mad at you. He's mad at God. He's mad at everybody. And he's going around like a roaring lion patiently trying to see which one he can devour. And that's the fact. Not giving in to temptation is a struggle. It is. If anyone in this room has ever been tempted, which everyone in this room has been tempted, it is a struggle to overcome temptation. Because this is what the lion does. The lion has a different strategy for every animal in Africa. And so the devil has a different strategy for every single person in this room. The devil knows where the weakness is. And the devil is patiently waiting to try to get you, based on who you are and based on where your weakness is, He's tempting us and tempting us and tempting us. And he does it patiently waiting. And remember, what the, remember the lion doesn't come after you. The lion waits for what? The animal to get closer to him. And so as we sin and as we are tempted to sin and we sin and we don't ask God to forgive us, we're moving a little bit closer, a little bit closer to the lion, but we're moving a little bit closer to the roaring lion who's angry, and his whole purpose is to try to devour you, and so that's what's happening to us with our spiritual walk. That's a fact, and it says this, not giving in temptation is a struggle, but listen to this, the good news, but God will be with you and make you stronger, because God is bigger than the lion. God is bigger than the devil. He already defeated the devil by coming out of the grave. And that is why that's it. And the fact is this, if we do sin and we do repent, we are cleansed before God and we grow stronger according to 1 Peter, and we'll get to this in a minute, and we grow stronger to stand strong against the devil, to stand strong against the lion. So in the time that I have, I want to just share with you 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10. We're going to take each scripture and we're going to talk about certain aspects of that verse. And then I'm praying that when we talk about that verse, you'll be able to, in your mind, this will help you and some of the areas in which we all struggle. And that's the struggling of temptation, the struggling of life. And so let's just go ahead and start then. We'll start in 1 Peter 5. We're going to read verse 8. It says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom you he may devour. So we already know that about the devil. Enough of the devil. We know what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to destroy us. But this is what that scripture is talking about. That God gives us in the word of God 
Be sober, be vigilant. Now, these two words, this is very important for us to understand this because this is going to help you when you walk out of here today. It's basically the words that denotes this. Vigilant means this, that, that God wants you to watch. He wants you to watch. So understand what the devil's trying to do, and vigilant means you're watching. You are watching what the devil's trying to do in your life because I know you know what your weakness is, and I know what my weakness is. I don't know what yours is. You don't know what mine is, but I know you know what yours is. And so you know that the devil's going to try to steal your joy, and so you watch. That's what vigilant means. It means you're watching with every fiber of your being that I need to be careful. So if you have an anger problem with a certain person, and you know that's one of your weaknesses, then you need to watch. When that person enters the room, you better watch. Because if you're not careful, what's going to happen is the next temptation is going to be, you need to get angry at that person. And then the next temptation is going to be, after you're angry at this person, you need to yell at that person. And then after the next, you need to yell at them. Well, who knows what happens next? And then that other person may get mad, and their weakness was you anyway, and they get mad, and you're angry. Now you got two people angry at each other, and they're Christians, and guess what happened? We didn't watch. And so the first thing it says, vigilant to watch. Now, it says to be sober. Now, sober is not, I mean, it's a, it's a term to be sober, to be aware, but really what this word means is this. Sober in this context, the Greek word in this context, means to be calm and collective in your spirit. So the Bible's saying to us that we need to watch, but we need to be calm and collective. So basically, it's not this. Don't be scared of the devil. Don't walk around like this going, oh my goodness, oh, what's the devil going to do to me? I'm so scared. No, it's saying, it's saying, watch, and that person walks in the room, and it's saying, watch, and don't get all tense, and well, God, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get angry today, God, I'm not going to do that. No, it's saying, watch, but be sober also, which means this, because of the Holy Spirit filling you, you're calm and collective in your spirit. Because I really think sometimes when we get not calm and not collective of our spirit, that's when we have a tendency to fall into sin from the temptation, whatever that is. And so God knows what he was talking about, which he does on everything in the Word of God, when he's saying, be calm and collective. Always be watching and always be aware that the devil will try to get you, but be calm and collective in your spirit. Jesus wins, the devil loses. Just like it's going to be in the end times. Jesus wins, the devil loses. Because remember, whatever your weakness is, whatever the person is that gets to you, or whatever the 
temptation is that gets to you. Understand this. The devil's waiting for you to move toward him in that area. But if you watch and realize and you're calm and let the Holy Spirit work through you, God's going to say to your soul, when you're calm, God's going to say to your soul, you're okay. You know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And so really when you look at this scripture, be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary, your devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom to devour. It's to help us. It's to help us to realize God's right there with you. And I've, the longer I live, the longer I realize this. The only one that can get me calm and collective is God. It may be words from people, and that may calm me for a little bit, or this person may say something, or this person may say something to try to calm me. But really, the only person that really is going to calm me is God. And so we have to be close to God at all times. And so now, let's move to verse 9. Remember this. Remember Every other believer is going through what you're going through also. Remember that. Resist the devil and pray for your brother and sister in Christ. Listen to this. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, the Greek word resist means to withstand. It means to withstand. Stand strong. It means to stand strong. Well, how do you stand strong? Well, the only way that you can stand strong is not through your own power, but the only way you can stand strong is through the power of God. And so the way that we do that is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We do that by spending time with God. We do that by reading the Bible and memorizing Scripture. We do that by coming to church and worshiping with one another. We do that, and God starts to give us strength. Withstand also has the Greek word. The, the, the Greek word has the thought of this, to be able to hinder the enemy. See, if you can hinder the enemy by withstanding strong, now, look, look how this works. This is great. The Bible's great, isn't it? This is great. Now, if you withstand the devil by watching and keeping a calm and collective spirit, then you're hindering the devil, and you can pray for someone else. See, if I'm all caught up in my own struggle, and I'm all caught up in my own sin, and I'm not calm and collective, and I'm not watching for the devil, it's going to be awfully hard for me to pray for you because I'm dealing with me. But see, when you withstand the devil, this is what you do. If you can get to the point where you withstand and watch and have a collective spirit, you're not only helping yourself or God's helping you, but in a way, you know, by spending time with God, you're also helping your brother and sister in Christ because you can pray for them. You can pray for your friends. You can pray for your fellow believers. 
You can pray for your co-workers. And you pray this, God, I pray that you will give them the strength in their life to be able to withstand and to be able to stand strong against the schemes and against the roaring lion. And do you understand how powerful that is? Not only are you watching and withstanding, you're praying for someone else. But if we're all nervous and we're all defeated because the devil stole our joy, then it's going to be hard for us to pray for someone else. But yet we need to pray for other people, don't we? I mean, we need to. We need to lift people up. This world we live in is hard right now on Christians. It's hard on everyone, but even on Christians, it's very hard. We need to lift one another up. That's why we need to get to the place where we know this. The devil's trying to get me. I'm going to watch and have a common collective spirit. And with having that common collective spirit, I'm going to be able to pray for my brother or sister in Christ. I'll pray for the people I work with. I'll pray for my friends. I'll pray with people like this. And I'm able to do that because I'm watching and standing. That doesn't mean I'm not ever going to struggle. But here's what I hope happens. I hope when I'm struggling, what do you think I hope? That somebody's praying for me. And so if a church just gets together and we realize that we watch and we have a common collective spirit and we resist and withstand and stand strong against the devil, we'll be able to pray for the people beside us and our family members and our neighbors. And then we'll be able to share the gospel with people. I guarantee you, in the room this big, we're all struggling stuff. And if you're not today, I pray you don't have to, but I think we all are going to struggle. And that's why we need people praying for us. We don't need to be the people that make somebody else's life miserable. We need to be the people that make somebody else's life glorious by lifting them before the throne of God with our prayers because we're withstanding and we're standing strong. So that is 1 Peter 5.9. Let's look at 10. God takes care of you as you rely on His grace. Let me read 10. It says, But may the God of grace, this is God, this is our holy God, who, is, who called us to His eternal glory in Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So here's what's going to happen. When you rely on God's grace, because it says if in the verses before it is talking about humbling yourself and God's going to take care of you. And, and so what it's saying here is that when we, when we struggle with this struggle that I'm talking about with the devil and we have temptation and when then we sin or we have a struggle with something or struggle with this or struggle with this. See, the Bible comes back and tells us, well, this is what you do. Vigilant. Sober, stand strong, pray for other people, and yet this is what's going to happen as we are going through all this. Sometimes we're going to win, sometimes we're going to lose. Sometimes we're going to overcome the temptation, sometimes we're going to give in to the temptation. Sometimes that's going to happen, but God's given us a way out. Amen? 
I mean, he's given us a way out. Because it says this, as you become, you struggle with this. And as you're going through this, and if you humble yourself before God, and you have a repentful spirit before God, and you say, God, I've broken fellowship with you, and I, God, I just need to get back to the place with you, God, that I used to be. And that's what happens. You just humble yourself before God and say, God, I, I shouldn't have been angry with this person. God, I shouldn't have done this. God, I should. God, please, God, bring me back into your fellowship with you, God. And you know what God does because of his grace? Every single time he does that. And be, when that happens to us, this is what the Bible says. That doesn't mean you go off and just do it again because you know you can ask forgiveness. No, the Bible says every time that happens, it says he's making you stronger. And this is what he says. He wants to do this. He wants to perfect, which means this, to be fit and ready to use. That's why we go through what we go through. He wants you to be perfect, which means fit. It means ready for use. Listen, God has something for everyone in this room. God has something for you. And the struggles that you go through when you repent and humble yourself before God, He has something for you, and He's ready to use you, and He wants to use you for His kingdom. That's what perfect means. If you are here tonight and you are struggling with temptation or sin, I just pray that you give that to God. You become fit. You become ready for God to use you. And when God starts using you, you go out into this world and you make a difference for the kingdom of God. That's what he's trying to do. So the devil may think he wins, but the devil doesn't win. The devil never will win because this is what God's doing. He wants to establish. The next word is this. He wants to establish you. That means to stand strong. That means to make firm. But listen, that's very important. He wants you to be firm in your own mind. It's an issue with your mind. It's not firm like, push me down, devil. It's in your own mind. You're right with God because of where you are. And with your right with God, he's establishing you as part of his kingdom. And he's establishing you as being someone that is going to make a difference in his kingdom. And when we stand strong against the devil, the devil cannot beat God that way. He also says he wants to strengthen you. It says this, to denote, that, that basically that Greek word means to denote, to get strong, to get strong. He wants to strengthen you. A lot of y'all... And it's not like this. I don't even have any muscles to do this. Okay, It's not like this. It's strong, but what it means is this. He wants you to be strong in your soul. And your soul is when you take your last breath and you're a Christian, your soul is what goes to heaven. And so God wants you to be strengthened in your soul, who you are. Not so much physically strengthened, that can be done, but he wants your soul to be strengthened. And then he says this, the last one, he wants to settle you. Wow. Settle you. 
That means to make stable. But guess what? It doesn't mean nerves settle down. Settle down, or you're running around hyper. Settle down. It denotes again, he wants to settle your soul. See, we look at the outside of a person and we see who they are, but nobody really sees a person's soul except for God. And God wants you to leave here tonight with a settled soul. No matter what struggle you're going through, he want, He's got a way. He's taught us a way here tonight to be able to take care of that unsettled soul. or an unstrengthened soul. So tonight we have two responses for 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10. For our Christians, he wants us to humble ourselves before him, God. He wants, he wants to humble ourselves before him tonight. And he wants us to repent of any sin that we have that we haven't confessed to him or give any temptation to Him, commit our ways to Him, and what happens, Christian, is this. Your joy starts to return. And the joy starts to return because you have a settled soul. And when you have a settled soul, there's no help but to have joy in God because God is the one that created the soul. And so if He created your soul then you commit that to Him and you rehab joy return and that will happen to a Christian tonight. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, your soul is not settled because of sin. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for our sins, rose from the grave, conquered death and sin, and our soul will never be settled until we've asked Jesus Christ into our heart. And so Christian and unchristian, not a Christian tonight, here's what happens. For a non-Christian, our, our soul is not settled until we get saved. And then for a Christian, our goal is to be so close to God that our soul stays settled and we don't move toward the roaring lion who's seeking who they, he could devour. And so those are the two responses tonight. And so I pray when you leave here tonight, I pray this. So I said to those two people on the phone today, I pray you can stand strong. Stand strong. But watch. Be calm, but watch. And withstand those things that come into your life.